again to a Kenyan American in the United States podcast. Today we actually have an Eritrean American and his name is Tech. He is absolutely phenomenal. He managed to come to the US from a war-torn country and is very self-made as an engineer. And today he's going to be telling us all about that from many perspectives, including his beautiful daughter's perspective that is sitting with us today. So we are thrilled to be graced with their presence. And with that, I concede the floor. <laughs> That was very high. Really brought the idea for that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for inviting us for this broadcasting. And uh, my name is Tech, like you said. And uh, she is my daughter. Shawit is here also. She recently also she did get accepted to Duke for PhD. I'm very proud of her. Briefly, hey. so <laughs> sorry. Oh my goodness. Are you excited to be called doctor? I am. Yes, I am very excited. <laughs> My name is going to be changing, so. <laughs> yeah, what will the name be changing to? It'll be Dr. James. Ruling 
for Ethiopia, he is the king. He fed, he's, he take off the federation and he put it part of the and ask the Eritrea. He take the he take off, he dismiss the federation and he put Eritrea to be part of Ethiopia. The the bad part is also like uh, Ethiopia is they have many tribes. Eritrea have like nine tribes. Ethiopia also they have multiple tribes, but the biggest tribe is Oromo, like forty percent. Amhara is twenty percent, and the rest of them is like small pieces percent of the population then since then is that say though then because the ruling the emperor is from amhara and everybody is like kind of second class third class citizen really that all the privileges become to amhara and the eritrea was it was not happy they start making demonstration but uh, he, he he used a force to stop that demonstration then eritrea started fought for independence since 1961 they start the first time to fight when that happened also Ethiopia they forced it by power they've been killing people massacre people and burning houses so since I was baby I've been seeing this when I grow up then the war uh, by 1975 74 the military overthrow the king but the military overthrow the king is more mainly also Amhara and there was joint Soviet Union they changed to communist because they can get more weapon the war by that time is like black and white it's really it was it was a war was there before but you can leave you can run away from one location to other location but by 75 is basically there is no way to live and the war continue all the way till 1991 so the population of Ethiopia is like I say, is a percentage that I mentioned. That means in Ethiopia is like 100, right now it's 120 million. At that time it's like 80 million maybe. The Eritrea is like 3 million. Then what Eritrea did and the Eritrean fighters did and they trained part of Ethiopia that they've been treated bad by Ethiopia, like Tigray and also like Oromo, they've been trained, they create many insurgents and they fought together to win the war. By 1991, the war, then Eritrea won the war with, with the other allies. So the TPLF, which is the Tigray Revolution Front, and the OLF, the Oromo Revolution Front, the most powerful is the Eritrean Revolution, EPLF. Then second powerful is TPLF, then the Oromo. Then they were supposed to be the TPLF and uh, the Oromo Revolution to rule Ethiopia, and the Eritrea to be independent, like plan. Eritrea through referendum, they get independent in 1993. The TPLF, also second powerful, like I mentioned to you, what they when they get the chance, then they uh, they destroy the Oromo. Basically, they kill them or capture them, put them in jail. So basically, the TPLF dominates the ruling part, just like what the Imperial was used to do, the Amhara. They put like kind of first in themselves because all the position is themselves, everything is themselves. Like, to give you an idea, is like more than 98% the general is from TPLF, from Tigray. They are 6% from Ethiopia, but there was a general from them. The colonel, what colonel, other officer is like 65%. The other is from the other tribe. So they take it all. So, and uh, at the same time, US, uh, the US, the, you know, like the, they was, uh, uh, they need, good ally over there for peacekeeper or for terrorism fighters. They train to TPLF very well to Ethiopia, actually. They make them like a 
anchor for them to help them over there. So they was well training, they get more funded. So there was a peacekeeper in Somalia, there was a peacekeeper in Sudan, peacekeeper in South Sudan. They was really have it everything. But what they did then in Eritrea then in 1998, they start to war using as a border excuse to take basically Eritrea to have this, uh, access to the port. Then the war after two years stopped. But even though the, the, it killed over 125,000 soldiers and many people was displayed, many Eritrea was used to live in Ethiopia for life since King Ayala was over there. They've been deported without, they lost everything what they have, they just deport them. And uh, many Eritrean was displaced. Then the last 20 years then after that, since 98, until now, no peace, no war with Eritrea, even though they make when courts supposed to be, uh, they agree with non-bind uh, about the border issue to demark, but Ethiopia, the, the ruling group, they don't want to accept it. So it was no war, no peace over there. And it was, and as a result, it is very bad in Eritrea because a lot of people was displayed. The war is yeah. extremely deadly war. Yeah. And that's the question, as, as, well, because of that reason then, in Eritrea is not, it's not, in the beginning until 98 was started very good. After that is, it's not even good to go to visit basically because of that situation. It is, everybody have to go to the, join the war and uh, every young after finish high school, they have to be joined the military. They have to stay there indefinitely. Mm-hmm. It is painful. Then that's the situation briefly in that Eritrean situation. So yeah. that, that's, there was a, a leadership change in Ethiopia in 2018, and they, they talked like that might be, there, there was hope, because I think the new leadership was recognizing the border uh, finally uh, in 2018. I think that fell through quickly. I mean, was, is there any hope that the new leadership that came in uh, in Ethiopia? Yes, exactly. What happened is that for the last 27 years, the TPLF was ruling Ethiopia, and the uh, they, what they did, they were, they was all the power is in their hands. So they were, they did so so many not right for the other people to be accepted because they was not everybody was not feeling part of the country. Like it become second class. The same thing what the, before was doing Amhara. They was the TPLF was doing more worse. In Eritrea was like I mentioned to you, it was very unhappy because even the border demark they could not accept to make peace. In the same thing, what they did to Amhara, to Oroma, they was doing this. So when the new ruler changed in 1999, uh, 2018, is Dr. Abi. When he became, then the TPLF group, the one that was ruling, they didn't, they, they, they came all to the, to their own previous, to their own state, to their region. They came over there, but they didn't accept him as a leader. Uh-huh. So that create big war now because they finally end up to be fighting right now since uh, since uh, november last year until now is con- it is a war kind of the big war is over but it is a lot of war a lot of distraction a lot of people displacement as a result uh, you may hear in the news over sixty thousand is they went to refugee to sudan and they there was i was recently reading the news today there was over two million people was need hunger, they need food, about 400 people is displayed, 
and uh, it is a lot of suffering that bring in that is a lot in Tigray region although there is some other problem over there also so but were you asking about Eritrea and Ethiopia or Ethiopia in general Huh? Um, when you were asking about the new ruler in 2018, were you talking oh. about conflict between Eritrea and Ethiopia, or...? No, I, I was talking about, um, he, uh, one of the, and I'm not terribly familiar with it, but I know that one of his policies when he came in was to recognize, formally recognize the border, recognize yeah. Eritrea as an independent nation. He, he, he uh, accept, accepted, he, as soon as he came in power, he accepted the, the whatever the judgment to be accepted and he tried to go ahead the market and to do it but still he didn't have power like i told you the 70 the, all the general all the military is from tplf so they don't want to obey him basically he has to train his new group finally he fought with a with a group with the former leaders he's fighting yeah. Actually. Yeah. so that's what happened he made peace with eritrea but he cannot they like he could not accept it like the other, all the, instead of they, they, they lost the power now, instead of quite become like other citizens, they try to, to give him order, basically, or whatever he tried to do, they could not accept it. Then that leads to the war. Now, that war is making more display. But as far as him, is good with Eritrea right now. But yeah. it is not peace yeah. in the region by yet. That, yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Um, this is a, a question. It, when you say like a, a tribe rises to power, and this is you know, just from a purely American perspective, uh, you know, we talk about like tribalism here in the United States, we always say like Democrat versus Republican, but we could change that at any time. I could go out tomorrow and be a Republican or I could be a Democrat. You, you can't change a tribe. Uh, yeah. a tribe is a ruling party, which your, your parents are from two different <laughs> and yeah. uh, that, that's So, I mean, what happens, how do you, how can you become a part of a tribe? Like if a tribe's a ruling class, I mean, could you do that? Or how would they be able to tell that you're not from that tribe? This is just, you know, a purely, maybe it's a silly question, but is this a silly question? No, I get where you're coming from. Like I can see the knowledge gaps there. Like it's not your fault. So. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> so how would they know that you're from Tigray? Or okay. Like, yeah. How would they know? It is, it is, uh, everybody's know what is his tribe is because also the reason that they do that is also they trust it to be in power like for example who will be more to guard you more to obey you who follow your rule but we we, we are known really we, we if each tribe know what tribe is they have some sign i may have some sign over here <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, you, you may not see so but anyway the way we speak and uh, it is known anyway so uh, they try to make it directly in tribe, but that is what it really happened. Because if, if you put 90% general from your own region, mm. and in every department, the head of the, the airline, the head of the Ethiopian airline is from Tigray. The, mm. the general is from Tigray. Uh, the embassies all been assigned is 90% is from them. So that means it's tribe, basically you're doing your own tribe. I guess he's trying to ask, like, how would somebody know that you're from Tigray versus the Roma? Is it like, I guess, like you're saying, like, you have, like, my dad has, you can't really see it in the video, but he has little, like, marks look, on his face. Look, I'm really want to see. Yeah. It's so, let's, 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 yeah, you want to zoom in? Show him your face. But, I mean, certain tribes have, I guess, certain um, cultural things that they do that you would 
right? Is that or maybe well, like the way it, they their their language is different too. The different tribes have different languages. Yeah. Um. So that's that's one way. I guess you would know. We, we you know they look at what look alike. For example, if I see some Russian, for me maybe they look all the same for me. But for mm-hmm. themselves, they know who is who. Is that from Vietnam or from Korea? They know each other. But for me, it's all the same. You know. Yeah. So, you're right. When you see me, maybe for me, for you is all uh, all are we look alike. But we look alike also, though. And mm-hmm. uh, and as far as to, to tell you, the odd is actually the people is very friendly. If I found uh, an, another from different tribe, anyone from Ethiopia is my friend. I I greet it with him, welcome all the time. I don't have they don't have issues with me also. But the ruling party is always they create that uh, power to stay in power. Mm. for themselves so they create the power the people in power as far as the public is really i don't distinguish from any doesn't bother me he can be my friend or whether he's from Ethiopia, amhara or oromo or tigray or eritrean all the same maybe in some in some point is i find from either way good or bad you know so there is nothing people problem with the people oh, yeah it's uh, also, to answer your question, as far as tribes, um, in Kenya, from the Kenyan perspective, it's also similar, like, the uh, cultural perspective, even religion, basically everything, like the um, traditional economic systems mm. are based on different tribes, so like the nomadic tribes, they are mostly pastoralists, and then they what they call the Bantu tribes are mostly agriculturalists, and then the way they speak is different, there are certain practices they do like circumcision initiation certain ceremonies they're completely different entities so think of uh you've watched what is it movie black panther <laughs> yes oh, yeah yes yeah, so accurate depiction of different <laughs> tribes <laughs> yeah <laughs> rwanda also same thing the whole thing to see kind of the same but they know good tribe is who they know each other so they when, when massacre happened Mm-hmm. That's what's happening in Rwanda. So, yeah. Is it uh, is it a big deal if you marry like somebody from a different tribe? Um, I mean, you say you socialize. Well, as like I say, in fact, the first time because being deported because of you are Eritrean from Ethiopia, that was TPLF when they come. That's the people. The first time because like basically they say, oh yeah, we have war with Eritrea, so we they deport everybody before people was living. Peacefully. Now they're doing the same thing for the Tigray. You are Tigray, they deport them from Amhara to Tigray back now. They teach them that. But oh. before, it's no problem. Even now, it's no problem. Yeah, they, they married. If somebody found some. A lot of marriages are arranged, but before, the whole time. But when you're young and you go around, then there is no problem in doing that. There is many with marriage. So arranged marriage is only within your tribe? Well, arranged marriage, your mom decides or your dad decides. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from their friends. <laughs> yeah, a lot of time is they they get from what they know close by. <laughs> we have marriage related questions now that we're actually talking about this. Yeah. Should, we, should we go right to the marriage related questions to congratulate? Uh, <laughs> congratulations are in order. Uh, the, the wedding is coming up very soon, isn't it? Uh, yeah, June nineteenth. June nineteenth. Oh my oh, god. Yeah, that's 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 going on. We're looking forward for that one, so I'm excited to be father-in-law. 
so everybody would follow dancing in a circle um people have like drums and like swords and you know it's fun yeah the songs are like typically like eight to ten minutes long so like (laughs) dance like all night long like until like three four o'clock in the morning like weddings do not end at like 9 p.m 10 p.m um so yeah they're unfortunately just due to like all the um you know it being a pandemic things are going to be a little different um but we definitely would love to like you know celebrate in the future but I guess something that's been like a a learning curve I guess is when I first met my fiance he did not eat spicy food at all (laughs) and when we first met I wanted to take him to a restaurant so he can try the food and we get there and he was like my eyes are burning. It's like the spices are burning my eyes. I was like, what? And then the waitress comes and we're about to order our food. And he's like, yeah, I don't eat spicy food. I'm like, well, we can just leave because I don't know what you're going to eat. You know, (laughs) but we told her to make it mild and she did. And so, um, he actually loved it. And so he like, even for Thanksgiving, he told my dad, he's like, I don't want turkey. I don't want American food. I just want you to make <laughs> air train food. So, <laughs> so yeah, we, we've um, overcome that. <laughs> oh, wow. That's fascinating. I think we also are curious about like the parenting scenario. Um, as far as, so whenever I talk to my friend whose parents came to the U.S. after the fact, uh, they say that sometimes there are certain things that might not be easy to traverse between different cultures as people who are like the, the kids who are born in the U.S. or who like grew up in the U.S. and adopted the culture primarily. So I'm curious for you if there's been something that you've seen that might be different um, or you've kind of had to explain. So I'm just curious about like the parenting from your perspective and also from your dad's perspective. Yeah, I can go first. Um, so parenting wise, I feel like growing up, I felt like my dad was very strict compared to my friends. Like they, <laughs> like, you know, like for example, like going to sleepovers, like I have, you know, my best friend, we're still like since the second grade, we're still best friends till today. And she was like pretty much the only friend that I was allowed to have sleepovers at. Um, whereas my other friends, you know, it's like such and such's birthday party and, you know, they go to sleepover. So that was um, a no-no, unless the person was Airtran, then I could spend the night at their house. <laughs> um, and then also chores. Like, I remember, you know, washing dishes and doing my laundry, cleaning, you know, at a very young age. Like, elementary school, I would have chores, you know, make my lunch, stuff like that. Whereas, you know, my other friends, I felt like their parents did it, which to me, I felt like made me really responsible because when I went to college, I remember like the first week being in the dorms, having to teach people how to do laundry. And I was like, you've never done laundry before? Like, and even on the weekend, sometimes they would drive home so that their mom could do their laundry for them. It just was so, yeah, mind boggling to me. But even, even then I feel like my parents tell me like, oh, you know, back in Eritrea, there'd be an eight-year-old and she would cook dinner for the whole family. And I'm like, okay, I I can't do that. But, um, so yeah, I think those are like the main, main differences. Um, yeah, I would say that. What do you think? Uh, well, compared to parenting, it is, like you said, it is challenging. It was challenging for me also, like everybody, 
special also challenge for me. I don't know what to expect. Every edge is going. So there was, she skipped to the good part only, but there was a lot of challenging things also. There is a lot of surprise that I, I went through. They dropped the car when there was little bit below two and uh, her sister is <laughs> three and they they make a damage about 200 towards the car and 400 towards the house neck down the hill next to me <laughs> then they did it again they drop again when they was in middle school when they was 11 and 12 they dropped the car actually <laughs> They steal the kid from me. They was talking to me. We do always devotion before we sleep. We talk everything. I told them I'm there and got got sleep and there. Then they came to talk to me. Oh, we have to talk to you. We miss you so much. But they was they came to steal the key. Then they came. They take the the key. Then then when I thought I'm sleeping, I heard the engine is running. I opened the window. I said the car is gone. I call 911 to police and I say, hey, somebody's stealing my car. Oh, what car is that? Oh, I don't know it's rented car because I have a stick shift all the time, but I have that week is automatic car because uh, then, then then say they try to take advantage of the automatic car. Then they say, oh, let me see in the in the key what the car is, uh, name is, what, what model is. Then I was looking for the key. I could not find. I went to their room. And there was not there. I told them, hey, my kid, take it. They are young. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a long story from there, but we did, I, I got them for four months or that. I mean, it was a good story. Oh, well, <laughs> when they have time, we continue for that. And uh, another surprise there was, there was when there was preschool, I have only three hours to go to the bed. To go, not sleep. I'm saying to go to the bed is I have three hours because I work night time. Daytime I have to take care of them. Mm. So only my sleep time is when I drive them to preschool nine nine o'clock. Then I have to pick them one thirty one o'clock. So after I drop them, I sleep. Then I go back to pick them up. One morning, then I fix it hair their hair like in three pieces. Then. Uh, I have few minutes, so I tried to close my eye. I was sitting so far and the show it was her hair in my, I was having hair. And oh. she, the, her sister is by now, and she went upstairs. She said, oh, I'm going to be upstairs until you call me. She went upstairs, she grabbed this one, she cut it. When she cut it, one, one of them is almost to the skin. One of them is like open. <laughs> then I told her, hey, come on, let's go. When she's coming from the step, I saw that one. I just, I don't want to say anything because I'm, that's my sleep. <laughs> that's in my sleep. That's my sleep time. So I don't want to, I say that's fine. I just, <laughs> I, just I just smile and I take them, I drop them to the preschool. The bad part is, one thing I didn't expect it is, the teacher, the principal, all of them in preschool, they think I have this hair. They take hair from the room, they keep asking hair one by one, who did it, why did this, why did you do that? <laughs> but she told them, oh, I love my dad so much, I want my hair to look like his hair. She told them. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. 
At least she doesn't have a job that way. Oh, my God. She saved me from trouble. Then, anyway, I picked her. I went to take her to Barbara's, and they cut it. This one, and this one long. Many people, they think she's sick, like she went to, like, surgery, brain, whatever. Many yeah. times, people tell me, is she okay now then? How is she feeling? <laughs> <laughs> I tell them, yeah, she's, well, she's doing fine now. <laughs> well, so, and uh, so, how, Rachel, and, how long did you, were you on the schedule where you only slept four hours a day? Like, was that like a long period of time? I mean, oh, uh, yeah, since until, until they go elementary school, until they start, both of them go to school because, you know, uh, so five years? Yeah, later on, after, uh, they finished both of them preschool, then they went to, to elementary school. Then that time, then I can I I, I do I work normal. I work daytime, uh-huh. then I drive, uh, then I I come back with them. Like they say, they are very responsible. Both of them, kid is very good actually. They understand you. I we we do it's a lot of it may take us a lot of our of our topic, but I make a lot of rule. The rule we make it together. Oh, them and us. Then very restricted. They have to apply like application if that rule is to be changed. They cannot be changed simply. But it worked for both of us. So my rule is, for example, is if uh, somebody puts his shoes in the wrong place, he does the dishes. So I do all the dishes, but they do little bit. I said, oh, you busted. I make them wash one day or whatever. Then I make intentional make mistake. Then they say, oh, my dad did mistake. Then they be careful from that, you know. Hmm. And uh, I gave them money. That, like if my budget is 1000 for them to spend for a month. Actually, to tell the stories. When I went to take her to the doctor one time for my older one, uh, he told her they were doing like the research. They did one anchor for her. So he told her, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you 300 in UNC, actually. He told her, I'm going to give you 300. First, I'll give you 150. The next one, I give you another 150. But you do, you're do going right every day. Is this case swallowed? Is that painful? How it feel? Then he gave her project to do, basically. Then when she came back next time, he, he, he asked her, hey, what did you do with that money? Oh, I pay my debt. What do you mean you pay your debt? <laughs> because she told him what's going on the rule here what we have is because for everything if they making if 1000 is my budget for each person i tell them if you make a you behave good you get your 100 i mean 250 every quarter when i get teacher report 250 i give them the 250 if they make b uh, she don't get for that b it goes down she may get 200 only mm-hmm. but if she gets c it take out money from the other one a so they have to go with their budget so like back to school they give them list oh she said oh special she was very good with her money she said oh i don't need to buy korean from last year i have last year korean so she reuse it even she takes some of her note from last year she save her money then i'm very strict with that budget then um, we and to get extra money like she say if they do their clothes they do helping the cleaning they get extra money like over time <laughs> so i did a lot of rules no tv they didn't watch tv tell them about tv <laughs> she, she still still have friend they ask her dear you don't know this opposite <laughs> i don't know we can, we can check some <laughs> but yeah basically we just didn't watch 
too much to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, very restricted time limit from the TV, like especially during the weekdays. Um, so basically, I just didn't care for it anymore. Like when I went to college, like my roommates, they had TV in the living room, TV in their bedroom. I just, I didn't even know how to work the TV. Basically, I was, just, I don't, I don't watch it. So. Um, yeah, I think that was good because I feel like I was able to be more productive and enjoy like being outside and being more active opposed to just like being, you know, stuck to the TV all day long. So, uh, the uh, Grace came up back with me um, to Indiana for the holidays one time, and she comes in, and my dad's there. My dad's got the biggest bowl of popcorn she's ever seen in her life. Like it's like yes. this gigantic popcorn, and he's a large green TV. And he's like, hey, she sit down and watch TV with me. And Grace was there probably the entire day. <laughs> like she just like got in the pajamas yeah. and just. But Zach, you really weren't a big TV watcher. No, you just yeah. Sat by there. <laughs> and, you know, it just made her comps, you know, or yeah. your exams. And, you know, we were both done a PhD, so yeah, we were just vegging out. You yeah. Know, you know, but, uh, yeah. No, that's that's very interesting with the whole budgeting thing. Yeah. Um, and I guess from the U.S. perspective. Uh, you know, if you if you want money, you know you're expected just to get a job. I mean, it's uh, we. Um, I probably started working when I was like 12, I think 12 or 13 was when I actually had my first job. Uh, I was like working dazzling corn and uh, uh, yeah, working grocery stores. You do it and just make some extra money. But I mean, that that's your money. You can spend it however you want and. As a kid, of course, you just spend it on like video games and stuff. So you don't really do anything responsible. I think like you know, a system where you're rewarded for like good academics, I think it's really smart. Yeah. It's a really good thing. Uh, yeah, I think so. Helping participate as early as possible, I think it's more helpful. Yes, yeah. make you more responsible. That but my sister and I were one year and six days apart, and for some reason she like we didn't get equal amount of money like she always got a lot more like maybe she got like 250 for a i got like 200 you know it was like, my dad said she needs more money because she's older but, but i'm like what does she need more that much more money for you say that like for example also when we when we drive coming from car she's baby i'm carrying her to come inside mm-hmm. and uh, and when she's three year old, I carry her. When three year old, almost say I'm sleeping and I try to carry her. But her sister say, I was walking when I was one year. Let her walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> three to somewhere and the other one. Another way, so. <laughs> I'm so tough. <tired. laughs> oh, uh, there was a couple of other questions you want to get before we. Oh yeah, um, I think we, we we kind of jumped around from like the political unrest. Um, yeah, we we wrote all these questions out. We're ask you, and then we just jumped into some other. Stuff. That's fine. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's get to. Yeah, I was actually curious because it sounded like um, when you went in Eritrea, it seemed really hard to kind of. I can imagine in a Western country, it's hard to get any functional like public office. And how are you able to get out? Like, how do you even apply for a passport? Like, I don't even know how any of that works in a wartime country where, like, maybe public offices are not really functioning. What did you do? Was there like an airport? <laughs> a lot of questions. <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
like I say, uh, when I was in the kid, the war was going. Then by 19th, later on, when the war get from bad to extremely, there is no place to live. The last time that I have uh, my sister shot with her three, one time, that I will mention two things. My sister came with her three children from the big, from the Eritrean capital city because it was bad over there. She thinks in the village is better. She came with her kid. My brother with his wife came to the village, and I was there. My, I, I, we have five. We are total seven and five. Then we have very good one week. After one week, the war came early in the morning, five o'clock. Our village was bombing. Bomb was falling, shelling everywhere. Everybody ran scattered. Yeah. That, that is the last time all of us get together. Till then, it's story changes, different thing. Then, <clears throat> when we all of us run, uh, our village, our our house burned, and uh, all the food is burned. And my brother, he joined the war. I came back after a week. I see that my sister is ready to go back to the city. It's better maybe than air, and. Uh, I see my mom, my dad, and my my younger sister also went to visit my with with other sister with a with a one that she married. Then at that time I see my mom and my dad and my young brother is hopeless, no house with little food, little water that they have it. I say, I don't want to go to the war now. I need first for them, then I can help the country if I can. Then. It takes me seven years to get the so long story, so we can stop it over there. But when I came here, I came as a refugee, so I didn't have any passport or anything. But you was like, when you were in Eritrea, you walked. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm trying to make. He walked from Eritrea to Sudan. Yeah, it is desert. Walking even is not easy. You cannot walk because you want to walk by by daylight and like you want because there is two group in Eritrea is fighting the to Ethiopia and the Ethiopian is fighting uh, supported by Russia there is helicopter everywhere anybody is danger for you anybody all of them either they take you to be in the war or they kill you if you are the Ethiopian they find they kill you the others have to be in the war so it's long story but it's like 500 kilometers more than five five to seven hundred kilometers the one I walk but uh, it take also very hard work because sometimes you don't walk a day, you stay all day washing your rod. Yeah. And, uh, and also there is no store that you can eat. Yeah. You have to eat from people who people, they give you food. If they give you food, for example, if you're going, going to Charlotte, from here you fly your, your plan is going to Charlotte, it, you just ask around, where is Charlotte, how far is, where is DC, how far is, where is Wilmington, you come, basically, you pretend like going to Wilmington, you're going to go to Wilmington, then you go, because they have to report it, mm -hmm. otherwise they get in trouble, so you pretend like going one hour, maybe going to all the Wilmington, then you go around, then you go to where you want to go, things like that, so it's a long story, that's what I'm trying to cut it, but it takes me seven years, I've been to many different places, then I arrived. After seven years, yes. Yeah, that is. That's, gosh, it's a miracle when you. I can't imagine going through that in like real danger, actually, just yeah. everywhere. 
Yeah, it is still it's more danger even than the time that I went. Right now it's more danger because I see reading people selling people people selling kidney some people kidney even kidney even distributed all the way even to here to at one time in the US couple years ago I was they've been arrested in New York some people so it's a lot of stuff black market yeah it was it is more bad uh, I'm lucky I survived there is many time I just escaped the days. Yeah. And just uh, I blanked basically. I did survive. Uh, at least I can remember about three times I could be. I could not be. I don't know how I survived it. So survived it then came. Yeah, that's the situation. Then then in the US life is in the US. Yeah, yeah. Let's transition to the US question now. Um, uh, you guys still okay? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Fascinating. And so once you came to the US, I think what I'm, I'm, I'm hearing is it wasn't a, a situation where you could study in Eritrea, but now you're an engineer. How did you bridge that gap from like, basic education to being an engineer? And now you can fully support your family, teach them budgeting. I feel like that is the most profound story of success I've ever heard. So that's just very like i'd love to hear how you did that oh uh, well yeah like you say uh, when i was in eritrea is uh, is i love to go to school i was dreaming i but i never have dreamed to become ts or to be engineer really but i want to have school at least to finish high school if i can have chance but i i managed to finish seventh grade in eritrea then after 10 years is where i there is time when distracted because of the world that i've been telling you after 10 years is the time that I came to US from my school. I even seven years from left my home, but 10 years total when I was off school. I didn't get time to read any book and anything anyway. But when I came to United States and after, and after three days, I found a job cleaning. The job is uh, from uh, five till 11 o'clock cleaning and uh, and after going, going is fine, but coming back from that work is taking about our walk and the neighborhood is very dangerous. Right now, I would not walk into that one even daytime, <laughs> the place. Anyway, then after I work for a couple of weeks, then they told me it's, it's dangerous to walk there in wow. the night. Oh, wow. Then I bought, I managed to buy a car. Then they told me also you don't have job, like job after I get the car. I, I was, but uh, all the refugees that we are together came from different, from Ethiopia, from Eritrea. They made dinner for us to know each other, to help each other. So early, I like to wake up early morning. I was waking up my car and uh, I was driving my car. I saw this guy is from Ethiopia. He's a, he's a doctor now. I, I uh, he become a doctor himself. He was in university before in Ethiopia. He was first year, whatever. Then he starts school in ES. Then uh, I told him, hey, I saw you the other day, what are you doing? And he said, I'm going to college or whatever. Okay, let me give you a ride. I gave him a ride. Can I wait for you? Then you want to get in? I asked everybody first if I can go to school to the people that I found, anybody. They told me, oh, you don't have high school certificate, so you cannot go. You don't mm-hmm. have to ever finish. But when I went with him, my language is like words. I cannot make sentence. I speak only door, window, sun, something like that only. Then anyway, I asked him if he can ask the teacher for me, then the principal. 
And she told him, yeah, he's late registration right now. He has penalty, but if we can give him continued education, he can, you know, then he can build from there. Then I take placement tests. They gave me basic math and mm -hmm. the basic English. Wow, that is the hardest time in my life. I could not tell you I could not take. Mm -hmm. And the same time, same day, I, uh, the maintenance guy was talking about employees, whatever I asked him, and he gave me 20 hours job in the school. And that boss is also very nice. When I finish job, he don't care if I study. He's so nice. So my job is from from the library open, even weekend, the end of the day, till the library close. I've been studying. Uh, by summer, I managed to take trigonometry and college algebra. By four, from January that I started, basic math, by, by four, I was taking general chemistry and calculus one. I was first year university student. Oh, wow. I, after I finished my second year, my professor uh, wrote me a note to go to ask for internship to give to the manager, the, his friend that he worked for the company. I will start international until now I'm working for the same company. I finished my degree, then I work with them until now. <laughs> that is the story of my education. Awesome. But many times I didn't believe in myself. I used to cause the mirror when I take break or restroom, whatever to pee. I see me, the mirror myself. Really, I'm going to university? Is it really? I'm going to be engineer? Really? Is this true? I used to talk like myself loudly because <laughs> I would not, I could not believe it. I was so excited. And uh, and I love it. I'm very happy. So that was uh, it's, 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 it. It can be done here. Gosh, that's just so inspiring. I yeah. mean, uh, you told this. Uh, you know, uh, I we we've heard the story before when you you told us. I uh, just when we first met, I think. But uh, yeah, every time it just puts a smile on my face. Like it's just such a really great story. <laughs> so good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, the story of hope. So. Like literally, it just kind of gives people hope that I appreciate you coming to share this with our listeners because in these times, especially this year and last year, lots of people lost hope. And so this is so beautiful that people can gain so much hope from your story where you didn't have, like you basically had all the odds against you, but here you are giving the most amazing outcome of hope after all this so and here's a side question i'm not sure if it's even on the podcast but have you ever thought about like writing this down i mean this yeah. would make a yeah <laughs> i would read that yeah i would read that all the time that'd be an amazing book yeah i think it's a story that would be really good to write down uh, yeah i think a lot of people would be really inspired by that uh i've thought about writing it for him <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yeah i need to like I need to like record him because he has so many stories. Like that was like my favorite part, like growing up, every time we were on a car trip or like before we go to bed, like he would just tell stories about his childhood and he has such a good memory. I'm like, how do you remember that? That was so long ago and like so much details and yeah, yeah definitely a great story. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you heard it here on our podcast. Uh, there's a book soon to be out. Uh <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> update the links in the so you we can probably update the links once you once you have the book out. Yeah, absolutely. And people can buy it. <laughs> well, yeah, that would be awesome. We, we talked about that. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, do you want to, okay, the, the question, what was the one we wanted to do about the, 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 capital. the capital? We'd love to get an idea, since given that we, we have that big contrast from Eritrea and now to the U.S., and uh, both of you have kind of a different levels of, uh, maybe like the perspective of the American experience. So I would love to know, we, we both would love to get an idea of what you thought of the recent capital storming, um, both from like, your daughter's perspective and tech's perspective, given that you have had all these experiences. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, it was surprising and scary for me. Right now it's easy to talk, calm down, and uh, I'd say, uh, because my experience, like I told you, is war and war. Even like I said, I mentioned that the Ethiopian transition looked like in 2018 was peacefully, but the guys they don't want to take, they don't want to give up their power, and it creating and a lot of destruction. So when this is also happened, broke into the capital, the lawmakers, I mean, it is. I was so scary. I was afraid they may kill to the senator to like what they were saying to ban or not policy. I mean, if that happened, I mean, you know, kind of really will be. It's once the fire is started, it's not going to be it's stopped. It's sad to see like five people die on that. It's sad to be, but and also in the other time, it give you also right now is encouraging because the democratic is working, the constitution is working now, and they take power back into the democratic way. It is now is really is good because it's not for guarantee easy transition all the time. There is like that, but still the constitution is strong and the democratic is the strong. But when that when I watched it that evening, I was working. I kind of really stopped my working to watch that. I said, "What? What? I mean, really? I was uh, scared, really, to tell that through that night. Is really was hard like, for me. So what would happen the next day? The news was after that also it's going to be everywhere in the inauguration day. Mm-hmm. They was saying that also that make us more scary, really, not to get out even really. So yeah, I take it very hard. Mm-hmm. That's what I can say. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, it's just one of those things like you would never think what happened here. I guess, you know, this is where I've grown up. I know he's seen war, but like just to see like domestic terrorism like that was just crazy. I think, um, you know, the past four years with Trump being in presidency, just to see really how. Um, I feel like people used to be afraid to be racist and to say certain things or to act in certain ways. It was just kind of like it's gotten taboo over the years to behave and and act that way. But now it's just like it's okay. You know, you have somebody at the highest seat who um, is allowing these behaviors to happen and encouraging it. Um, Mm -hmm. So to me, it was just like it was really upsetting to see. And then I think... What's also been difficult is just like, um, you know, friends that I have that I grew up with or that I went to college with um, that aren't really, um, that aren't really like speaking out against the wrong acts that are happening or like saying that, oh, it's okay or yes, the election was rigged and just kind of like, I don't know, it just makes the question like, well, how do you feel about me, you know, if this is. You know, so I think that sometimes I can, like, take it personal, which it doesn't necessarily have to be personal, but um, there's just so much division right. in 
country. And something that's also been difficult as well is, you know, I, I'm a master's student um, and at a school of public health, which is, you know, mostly left-leaning. And there have been, um, you know, the, the dean has spoken out against it. Our chair has spoken out against what happened. Um, but then there's students that are complaining, right? There's students that are saying, oh, um, you know, this, this university is not politically inclusive. And, you know, you're speaking against, you know, um, our beliefs and we don't feel welcomed here. And like kind of twisting the narrative of like what it means to be like inclusive and what diversity means. And so like, um, so yeah, so I feel like that's a lot of conversations that are happening. Like, are we um, not allowing space for that? Whereas my opinion is, I mean, why are we being inclusive of people who aren't inclusive? Like, you know, so it's just, it's just, it's just tricky. Cause um, yeah, it's just, it just made things a little more complicated. I feel like, and um, it's, it's hard to ignore it's in every conversation it's just like you know that elephant in the room literally especially when people say like what you're saying that we are not being inclusive of our beliefs like when people talk about black lives matter and then others counter with all lives matter as if as if they are mutually exclusive yeah yeah definitely okay yeah Oh, I pass. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're quiet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clear, yeah with all this, uh, what you guys sharing, I mean, uh, I've been to many different places before I come here, and this is the best place in the world at all. So regardless, even there is, like you say, you want smooth things, you may see something like what you say, because it's not, this is not heaven, this is a world anyway. But, there is no place like here, like it give you like feel home. Like when you try to share, when they find you from different place, people excited to talk to you, really to know more than let them push you. Because in the other place, then they tell you, go to your home, go to your home. I mean, they, they, in their language, if in Arab, for example, they tell you, it's maybe foreign, go ahead, back, you know, or other place. So it's, this is, um, with all that odd things that what you guys mentioned because not almost everything but yeah. it's the best place to be wow. yeah really that was I found at least this is a question um that I think we were talking about before was uh so was there any time where uh where you would um you would complain or you would feel bad about complaining to your dad because if you know what he's been through or is there times uh tech where she complains and you're saying you know you don't know how good you have it <laughs> yes definitely like, like he made something for dinner and he didn't like it i'm like i don't eat this and he's just like you know like what like you know or even like what he what he always says is i hope god is covering his ears and doesn't hear us that's like his go-to saying you know and so i definitely um i hear that sometimes even when he's not there like when i want to complain about something like i literally hear him saying that in my head um because i know i don't firsthand know what he's been through and what it's like but just from hearing his stories I can definitely I don't know it just makes me like have a little bit more understanding and awareness of that um so like even just for example like with school like I remember when I started undergrad I was like 
so nervous about getting into nursing school. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to have like a 4.0 GPA. How am I going to get in? And then I'm like, okay, I can't complain. He didn't even speak English and he went to college. You know what I'm saying? Like, how can I complain and not get in? You know, I don't have like a, a valid excuse here. Like there's literally no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it. Work hard, study, and you can do it. So yeah, yeah I think that that's definitely it's helped me, um, I would say, for sure. Yeah, I really believe into that, really, because, um, uh, I mean, I tell, like they say, I tell them many times, like, you guys like winning lotto by being born here. You don't know, you don't know how difficult it will be if you were over there. Where you will be over there right now if you were over there. So many women like you, they was being raped, being married, forced to, to some soldiers. There is many things that happen to them on the trip coming back. So there is no reason, like I say, I, I, yeah, I like she say, I say many times, I hope God doesn't listen to you guys what he's saying because <laughs> you should be busy with someone else. <laughs> Otherwise, you guys make him angry. <laughs> he will be in trouble, you know. Yeah. yeah. How do you know English? Like, um, I've heard some some of my friends say they just watched TV, like American shows, but you don't watch American shows. So I'm curious. <laughs> oh, you said you asked me if I watch any shows? Oh, no. Yeah. She was asking, um, I'm sorry, go, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. got it. <laughs> I wish I had. Your dad, tech, like he didn't really watch news or TV, but yet he was able to learn English. So I'm curious how he was able to learn English. Or is it just like speaking to people? Oh, he watches the news. Don't get that wrong. He doesn't watch TV. He watches the news. <laughs> but, yeah, how did you help improve your English? Well, it's still I have difficulty with English. It's not easy. <laughs> Unless you went to high school, everything. I mean, it's, it's, it's not easy. I cannot. That's the hardest one that I have. Even uh, I'm more more technical than than my English. Anyway. But I learned from them too, <laughs> talking to them. <laughs> that that we was. Well, before we were born, what did you do? Yeah, the same thing. Like she, she like she say, I like to I like to read news or listen news, national news. When I have extra time, even I sit sixty minutes. I follow the world news and I, the international world news. I don't want to miss it if I have time to watch it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, that's it. Then I've been living here forever too. I should speak good by now. <laughs> 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 yeah. But I mean, that's um, you know, I I have um, relatives through marriage. Um, I won't say where they're from, but uh, they've been here. You know, oh gosh, probably like forty years or something like that. And they they still don't really speak uh, the language, um, and you know, they just don't really want to. I, you know, it's just. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's their thing, so, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh, this has been tremendous. I think we went through all the questions, and I appreciate you guys being so, such a fun crowd. You want to go from 20 listeners to 40 listeners. You know? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, now I'm going to make it share this one to some people. You may, you may get more good followers. I like your video anyway, by the way, about what you're doing with your son, going to the park, uh, Bam Park, uh, Poland Park. I used to take them. I used to do the same thing, take video, interview them. In fact, that helped them a lot too, because... 
I keep interview them, they then they see that one. So they speak more better and they become more stronger also. And uh, when I re- when if we have any community things or in the church, I used to be involved with take video and I make them part of it. And uh, it helped them a lot in the school when they want to do project or to give to express themselves. That's very nice. Uh, it's extremely helpful that I found it. Is that true? Does that help you? Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> and my sister and I, like, so we're, we're a year and six days apart. So, like, basically everybody thought we were twins. And we love Mary-Kate and Ashley, so we like to, like, you know, pretend like we're them doing little adventures. He would, like, videotape us walking, you know, through the woods and stuff like that. <laughs> it looked like we were just going on a, you know our own little adventure together. But really, he was right there with the video camera. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it helped them a lot. They become more better and better in everything. I can see the change that they have. No fear, no shy, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah it's really important. I, I remember when I went to grad school, like I suddenly had to learn public speaking. <laughs> so I've improved tremendously, but it used to be terrible. So I can imagine, like, yeah, uh, it and her sister always, I'm sure they had a leg up, just like practicing from such a young age. <laughs> so, so the funny thing is, is uh, one of the first talks she gave at uh, grad school, uh, we would do these things called research and progress. And uh, it would be like one per, or like two people would do like uh, about 20, 30 minute presentations. And for some odd reason, this wasn't how we met, we were already good friends before this, but when you were like her first talk, my first talk were together. Uh, and she presented first, and uh, I presented second, and she presented, and she did really good, and I presented, and I got drilled. I mean, this guy just sitting in the front row yelling at me, like firing <laughs> questions at me, and it was just, you know, devastating. And she, she came over to me, she's like, you did good. Maybe she worked, like, you worked maybe... Ten times more than the other year co-worker, we are students, the other student maybe, so do it better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so your your first presentation was way better than mine, and I know, we just <laughs> my side. <laughs> oh, thank you. I thought you were this good. Oh, thank you, dear. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this has been so wonderful. Uh, we're going to keep an eye out for that book. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Wait. <laughs> And, uh, yes, definitely congratulations on all the big life things that you have going on right now. Um, the wedding, the, uh, all that. Yes, it is. Exciting moment. It is exciting. Thank you. Yeah. And finishing my PhD was one of the other things that happened to me. Well, I bet you do my PhD and, uh, <laughs> after we get done, we don't have to do our PhD anymore, so. <laughs> Yeah. That was a good thing. Uh, I don't envy you. I I envy you on the other side, but not on the early side. <laughs> so I would be a three doctor over here, then I only want a doctor. <laughs> the eyebrow thing, I really want to see that section. Oh, yeah, they're fine. Zoom in on the eyebrows there. No, that's not. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. No, you have a little bit. You can't. You have to look. I don't know if the camera's quality is good enough. But, but no, I I'm just saying, if you could do like a close up picture, we'll just like flash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we don't. Well, you've been to Africa, maybe you saw the different people that they have small circle over here, yeah. or they put something very big one, or they have thing over here. 